Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who always goes through to the next round. Hmm. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. Yes, much like the United States. Exactly. Through to the next round. Yeah, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm not sure what round we're getting to, but yes, I advance <laughs> to that round all day, every day. So today, mm-hmm. the United States beat Chile 3-0 in the World Cup. This is true. It wasn't the sort of... Uh, the sort of like absolute apocalypse that yeah. we inflicted upon Thailand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it looked that way for a little while, right? Same score at halftime. Same score at halftime. Yeah. It, it, did, it never felt like it was going to get to 13. It felt like maybe it would get to like four or five. Yeah. Um, especially once the changes started happening. There's the halftime substitution with uh, Jessica McDonald coming on. Yeah. Uh, was it Ju- yeah, Julie Ertz comes off, I think, at halftime. Yeah, that felt like a very attacking move. Right? It really yeah. did. But it also felt like they're going to drop Carly Lloyd back. It's going to be maybe a little bit less attacking, yep. especially since you won't have Carly Lloyd desperately trying to get a hat trick. So before we get into the goals, mm-hmm. let's talk about the starting lineup. Sure. Seven changes. Yep. By Jill Ellis. And then all the subs she made, what, McDonald came on, Ali Long came on, mm-hmm. Sonic came on, yep. which means that every outfield player has now played for the United States. 21 of the 23 players on the roster. And it definitely seemed like, not that we took this game for granted, but that Jill Ellis thought, I don't need to fill my strongest lineup to beat Chile. And I would argue she could also think, we've definitely got the goal difference advantage because we yes. put 13 past Thailand. Uh, Sweden only won by four, right? Yeah. So... There's no danger of us. Even if we only win 1-0, it's actually not a problem. No, it's not. I also don't think that... I really feel like the goal difference was a sort of justification for that scoreline, but not really the primary one. I think it really was just that they want they're going to defend by attacking, and yeah. I think that was the case with this team as well. Yeah. Even though it's it's some reserve players, it's a lot of changes, as you said. I would say in some ways it's a different shape on in different moments in this game, but it still was the United States attacking as much as they could yeah. to make sure they get that lead. So yeah, the shape on paper mm-hmm. is a four three three. Yep. But that assumes that the game is sort of evenly matched and end-to-end, Yes, right? Mm-hmm. When the U.S. had the ball deep in Chile's half, let's talk a little bit about the U.S. sort of tactical sure. setup first. So what do we notice? Uh, wingers wide, right? Yep. So Pew would go all the way wide right. Kristen Press would go all the way wide left. And then sort of attacking midfielders would come into those central spaces mm-hmm. and sometimes then rotate with the wingers to, to make it interesting. Yes, it felt like the first wave of attack was, yeah, the, the wingers very wide. The two midfielders that aren't Julie Ertz kind of push forward <laughs> and you almost have a four. So that was what, Haran and Brian to start this game? Yes. Yeah. You almost have a 4-1-5 at that point. Yeah. That's kind of the way they go. Once once you get into the uh, like the defensive third for Chile, though, and maybe that attack fizzles or, or just kind of doesn't necessarily come to fruition, then that's where I felt like you did start to see the rotation of, on occasion, Mallory Pugh was then somehow like next to Carly Lloyd and Julie Ertz was right, wide on the right-hand channel yeah. or Lindsay Haran was left and you'd see uh, Kristen Press come inside. So here, And here's the other sort of tactical wrinkle that mm-hmm. we were somewhat surprised by when we noticed it, yeah. is the fullbacks did not get high. Mm-hmm. So Ali Krieger, right back. I left back was Tiana Davidson, who's more traditionally um, a centre-back. I guess it's weirder for Krieger, because Krieger you think of as an attacking, overlapping right back. For the most part, they stayed near the centre-backs, kind of narrow, not overlapping like Crystal Dunn and Kelly O'Hara were, were I guess to just release all the midfielders so yeah. that there was no danger of us being caught out. All the midfielders can go join the attack yeah. because that back four staying central and compact. I would say, I would say, but even then you saw some weird variations. Like you'd have like Dahl Kemper and Sauerbrunn as your two center backs, and then frequently you would have Davidson and Krieger ahead of them, almost yeah. like as a two-two. So like a Guardiola style, like fullbacks come into the yeah. midfield, or, or Nick Lima style. It was a double Nick Lima. It was a double Nick Lima. <laughs> uh, but I think maybe the idea, uh, because we know the United States slightly concerned about getting beat for pace and maybe slightly concerned about getting counterattacked upon, yeah. and so maybe you kind of crowd the middle that forces your opponent, even if they are able to get through the, kind of the first wave of pressure, yeah. it forces them wide. And maybe you back yourself to sort of force them wide. Even if they're going to beat you for pace, they then have to kind of round you to get central to get a shot off. And that's always going to be a bit more difficult. And honestly, that counterattack was never really nope. a problem. There's one moment I noted. Mm-hmm. It's in first half uh, stoppage time. Mm-hmm. It's Tiana Davidson with a really loose lateral pass, gives the ball away. Um, Chilean player picks it up. And I think attempts to go forward and looks for a forward yep. ball. She's like halfway, halfway in her own half. Mm-hmm. There is no one ahead of her. No I actually don't know her. who the chain player is, so I didn't note it down. But there's no chance of a counterattack. Cause the, and no one makes the run either. No nope. Chilean player is like, all right, this is the moment. Let's all go. Mm-mm. I think they're so committed to let's keep numbers back that yep. there was just no, no threat to the United States at all, which I think is the United States credit. It's kind of like they put their mm-hmm. boot on the neck. And there was yep. just no way for Chile to get get out from under it. It's also revealing, I think, in that that's Chile 3-0 down at that point, as you said, first yeah. half stoppage time. 
and yet that was maybe a moment to like really send numbers forward. They didn't do that, and yeah. so maybe that's a sign that they were sort of like, okay, let's keep let's keep it to three 0 until halftime. Yeah. Then maybe we'll change it's, it up. It's also but probably not. Honestly, it's tiring defending. Mm-hmm. Right when you're constantly defending, it it can look on TV like you're kind of just sitting there, but it's a lot of mental concentration. It's a lot of chasing people around. I mean, that it's, said. They both teams ran about the same amount in this one. They both covered the same amount of distance. Yeah, but I do think. Yeah, but who enjoyed it more? Yeah, definitely the United States. (laughs) But also because even if it's not running around as much, even if it's not like like necessarily actual physical fatigue, I think to your point, it's mental fatigue because you've got to kind of keep your shape, keep position. The United States, uh, like for example, I think for the first goal, they moved the ball around. There's like 13 or 14 passes completed where it's just left to right, left to right, left to right, and then it's a ball in for Abby Dahlkemper. But if you're if you're a Chile, you have to kind of keep adjusting, keep moving, keep making sure you're marking yeah. everybody. There's going to be overloads. The United States is going to send different players into different positions at different times that definitely can wear on you a bit. And I'd say from my experience, when you if you're constantly defending like that, mm-hmm. when you do sort of dispossess the other team, it, it's almost just like you want the breather. Yeah. You want to just breathe for a second? Yeah. You don't want to sprint 50 yards to start a counterattack. Not so much. <laughs> Should we Not get so to that down. first goal? Sure. You mentioned that the U.S. moves it around really nicely. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, the whole camper is... Really deep, yeah. Really deep in Chilean territory. Yes, um, she, far, far forward for American territory, for deep in back. Chile territory. Yeah, yeah. For a I, was, I thought you were saying like deep in U.S. territory. I was like, I we have different definitions of these two things. <laughs> now I see what you mean. She does one of those classic Dal Camper diagonal crosses, although normally from deeper, mm-hmm. but she's quite close here. So it's essentially just a regular old cross slash chip to the the far side mm-hmm. for Kristen Press. I believe it's cut out. Yep. Um, but as it's cut out and headed clear. Carly Lloyd mm-hmm. and Julie Ertz yep. are both on it. To the extent, you, I thought Julie Ertz had scored this goal. Yep. She doesn't even touch the ball. Me too. Then we thought maybe it was like Julie Ertz hits it and it goes off Carly Lloyd and then Carly Lloyd celebrates. No, it's definitely Carly Lloyd calls off Julie Ertz maybe at the last minute, gets yeah. the volley, gets the goal. And it's a great volley. It's well hit. Goalkeeper definitely not at fault for this one because she sees it incredibly late. Yeah, it's but, through traffic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's kind of a good example of what the United States brings in two different ways because it's possession, it's moving it around, it's Abidal Kemper far forward, Becky Sauerbrunn is the deepest U.S. player, she is maybe 40 yards from the Chilean yeah, goal. They definitely beyond the center circle, right? And so you've got the movement, you've got Chile kind of being pulled apart a little bit, but then you also have the kind of technical ability and lethal goal-scoring ability of a player like Carly Lloyd, who, ruthlessness. when it she comes has, to it... She has no ruth. She, she does not, uh, unlike our former co-host Peyton, uh, who, who, who has a ruth of his own. Uh, but yes, Carly Lloyd uh, like, like will take that shot, basically, is what yeah. I mean. Uh, not settle it and try to look for a pass and keep the ball moving. Like, if the United States is doing that, it's working, that's fine, but also she'll then bury a shot from distance, which is exactly what yeah. she does here. Do we give credit to Julie Ertz as well for managing yeah. to get out of the way essentially because she's so. even she's so close to hitting this that I think she kind of still swings her leg and follows through but she does it in a way yeah. that doesn't interfere with Carly Lloyd and doesn't hurt Carly Lloyd it's a decoy shot yeah. yes <laughs> I mean and no disrespect to Julia who also scores we'll get to that one in oh, just yeah. a moment but she's yeah I think if you have two players running up to take a shot at the top of the box it's kind of like a bouncing going to be a half volley you probably want it to be Carly Lloyd yeah. who's taking it <laughs> Alright, do you want to just get to the second goal? Sure. So that was the 11th minute, Carly mm-hmm. Lloyd. In the 26th minute, it's a ju- it's a wonderful Juliet's header off a corner kick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to just describe how we win this corner kick, though, because I think it gets into what I think is maybe one of the negative performances sure. in this game. So we talked about Mallory Pugh pulling wide all the time, right? So helping to essentially try and stretch Chile mm-hmm. out, or at least make them think about it. Um, Pugh receives the ball down the right wing and attempts to dribble past um, Chile and fullback. But essentially dribbles it right into the fullback and it comes off the fullback and Pew wins a corner, yeah. right? But when we look back at this game, I'm pretty sure every time Pew was one-on-one out wide, that's what she did. Mm-hmm. She just tried to like essentially dribble straight past someone. No real tricks, like just essentially trying to beat them for pace. Mm-hmm. Um and failing to do so. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I think you're coming into an attack that, like, we, uh, Rapino, Tobin Heath, both sitting for this one, obviously, yeah. so press and Pew start. But for Mallory Pugh, there is that awareness of who you're replacing and sort yeah. of what they bring to the equation. So I think she was maybe trying to replicate that, but I think you're absolutely right that with a game that seems... Like, certainly she's a very technical player. She's uh, probably one of the best players at the World Cup and course, not yeah. even starting for the U.S. necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think her game is still a little bit more predicated on speed. And yeah. so, yeah, you saw her trying and to beat space. people with speed over, yeah, like my, technical stepovers, that type of thing. My argument would be this was not the game for Mallory Pugh. She is not the player to yeah. go up against a sitting deep packed defense because she needs space to run into. Mm-hmm. She's much more of a player who would benefit from a more open end-to-end game with, yep. with space, which I think makes this really interesting is that essentially my argument is is Gillette definitely did not pick the strongest team to face this Chilean team. Uh-uh. The goal was 
get everybody minutes, mm-hmm. get Mal Pugh 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. also, also you mentioned Pugh as maybe one of the negatives. I would say the only other player who had an okay game, but that stands out to me as not being a very good game, is Tierney Davidson, who I thought it's weird, got right? caught in possession a couple times, gave the ball away cheaply a couple times. Worth noting, Pugh, Davidson, the two youngest players on the roster, True, yeah. and this was Davidson's World Cup debut. For yeah, Pugh, for sure. it was her first World Cup start. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that also factors into it just a little bit. It's weird, right? Davidson has two assists in the mm-hmm. end because she takes the two corner kicks, yep. including this one and the one for the Lloyd header. And yet in possession, when the U.S. was moving the ball around, she seemed, I'm going to say the... Outside of Pew, or equally with Pew, the most likely to just give the ball away. Yeah, she, and, yeah. and that... The turnover I was talking about near the, in first half, uh-huh. stoppage time, that Chile didn't take advantage of, mm-hmm. was a Tierney Davidson kind of uh, misplaced pass. It was, but I would also, like, it, it stands out as being a little bit worse to me than Mallory Pugh, because Mallory Pugh is at least in the attacking third trying stuff and forcing a corner, or like trying to beat a defender, and even if she doesn't get past the defender, it's still like that's what she's supposed to be doing. Whereas Tina Davidson, uh, you're right that that's, it's her giveaway in the first half, but there's also a couple in the second half where she gives it away closer to midfield. Yeah. And when you're one of the kind of deepest players on the field, you can't turn it over there. And yeah. they make up for it, obviously, no goals for Chile. But again, given how strong the United States have looked in both games, when it comes to those two performances, yeah, you probably think a little bit more negative than a little bit more positive. That said... Tina Davidson takes quite the corner kick. Yep. You right? Yeah. So she's left footed. Mm-hmm. She's taking every corner on the right yeah. with her left foot. She's not swinging it in. She's just sort of driving it, yep. but driving it accurately. That's yes. the key thing, right? She is aiming for someone and like hitting that ball low ish and flat ish mm-hmm. and fast and on target. Yeah. She takes a mean corner kick. Yeah, she does. And and I like that she takes a mean corner kick in conjunction with design set pieces. Yeah. Uh, not surprising that two of the three goals come from corners. Uh, and also, worth I believe it's the first one they get. It's kind of a bunch of decoy runs and it's a driven ball towards like the top of the 18 where Becky Sauerbrunn gets a hit but oh, yeah, she, she yeah. doesn't get a clean hit on it and it feels like for the next one it or, was just or, like Or Becky as JP Delacamera calls her. Over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and for the second one it felt like Julie Earth was just like just put on my head near post just put in the box I will take care of it. It's a driven ball to the near post Julie Earth takes care yeah, of it. Yeah I don't know who the defender is but uh, it's essentially just gets the run Neither on does it. Julie Earth because she doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't care Mm-mm. she just knows I'm going to beat you to the near post. But it's a difficult header right? Because yeah, she has yeah. to, we thought maybe it'd come off the back of her head. Yes. Because she has to sort of mm-hmm. turn in midair and direct it inside the near post. Yep. And even this one, Endler, the goalkeeper, maybe we'll talk about her later. She had a great game. Mm-hmm. This was this was kind of hard to save because it's really, you wouldn't have expected Ertz to find this spot. No, yeah. you definitely would not have. I mean, again. She gets a hand to it, but yeah. yeah. It's a credit to Endler, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's because it's so well struck by Davidson, so it has the pace behind it. Yeah, so all you got to do is redirect it, exactly, right? yeah. and then you've got like double pace plus directional header <laughs> makes it difficult for Endler. And, and yeah, as you said, I'm assuming she thinks, oh, that's going to the back post, or I'll have time to kind of come out and collect. Yeah. So suddenly, when that situation has changed, I think she does well to get a hand to it, but it's just a little bit too late since I believe the ball's already crossed the line at that point. Speaking of the ball crossing the line, do you mm-hmm. want to get the third goal? Um, it's a Carly Lloyd header. Sure. For the U.S. third goal, it's the 35th minute. U.S. wins a corner from, is it Kristen Press mm-hmm. shot? Deflected shot, yep. redir- like, Yeah, deflected out wide. I want to talk about Kristen Press in a second, sure. uh, more specifically. Um, once again, mm-hmm. Etienne Davidson, yes. <laughs> driven corner. You liked what Carly, Carly Lloyd did to did. sort of lose number three. I think it's Guerrero, Guerrero the yep. defender, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, it works pretty well because I think she's, she's using... Uh, uh, Carly is using Mallory Pugh as a bit yeah. of a screen and so right before the ball comes in she just gives Guerrero like it's a little bit of the kind of battling back and forth that you see before a corner so it's yeah. not it's right up to the line of maybe being a foul but yeah, yeah. importantly doesn't cross over uh, uh-huh. but it's she gives a little shove to Guerrero so it's a New Jersey a New Jersey love tap yeah yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> soprano style yes uh, but it's a little bit of a shove like, uh, like so that basically then Carly Lloyd is able to go one side of Mallory Pugh and her marker Guerrero yeah. has to go the other side which then means that Guerrero is now so focused on getting back to Carly Lloyd which she does end up doing it's to her just, credit right she no, does. a lot of defenders yeah. lose their player completely Completely when a screen mm-hmm. like this happens. But that also means that she's then paying attention to Carly Lloyd and not the ball coming into the box, which yep. is why Guerrero also, even though she gets back up to Carly Lloyd and, and ends up goal, goal side, side yeah. also doesn't jump for the ball. So right. Carly Lloyd is able to just jump over Guerrero, head the ball into the net, and then sort of celebrate. She celebrates with her teammates on the field, and then she kind of jogs past the bench, the U.S. bench, who were all standing up applauding, and she just gives them all a thum- thumbs yeah. up. The team celebrations got... 
less and less elaborate, I felt yeah. like, with the three goals. One thing I did notice, though, and maybe it's a thing that's been overlooked because mm-hmm. of all the, um, the, the debate about yep. the celebrations against Thailand, is how often the U.S. includes the entire bench in the celebrations. Yeah. And it, I think it says a lot about the team spirit that when Juliet scores, doesn't she do like an almost uh, guard of honor high fives? Yeah, she, she runs yeah. down the entire line giving high fives. She does. And, and even Kylo, I know it wasn't very uh, dramatic, but just a thumbs up to the bench. Well, she does. Is, she, the first time, I think, for the first goal, she goes over and does like the whole team huddle okay. celebration. Yeah, yeah. The so third, just keeps the third everybody goal. involved. Yeah. Right? It really says there's 23 of us. There's not just 11 of us. Yeah, which yeah. is probably the smart way to do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because then everybody's up off the bench. Everybody feels like they're part of it. Yeah. Everybody gets to celebrate and clap and all that good stuff. Yay. Um, all right. So US is feeling good. Mm-hmm. 3-0 at halftime. Second half, there's no more goals. Nope. Um, why are there no more goals? Is it Endlad, the Chilean keeper? Uh, that, that's a big part of it, yeah. yes. And uh, as Grant Wall, uh, uh, to paraphrase his tweet, uh, will plague Kristen Press's nightmares. <laughs> she had, what, three or four big saves on Kristen Press. She the United did, States right? hits the bar or hits the post, hits the woodwork twice, I believe, yeah. in the second half. So it's Endler. It's some unfortunate bounces for the U.S., uh, but I think it's also some of the changes they make. I think they're not quite as intent on throwing bodies into the box. I also do think that Carly Lloyd being moved back for the second half once Jeff Patel right. comes on. Carly Lloyd is the player who, as we talked about in our first review, and then in this game as well in the first half especially, will shoot the ball whenever the opportunity presents yeah, yeah. itself, wants to be amongst the goals, wants to get into the attack. When she's playing midfield and playing a little bit deeper, you don't have her as that sort of more obvious threat. I actually thought she looked good every time she got the ball in midfield. She would often go past people mm-hmm. and then find a pass in a way that I thought, oh, wow, she's still got it in central Mm -hmm. midfield. But maybe we just missed her sort of predatory instinct in the box. I thought Jess McDonald played really, really well, Mm -hmm. but very unselfishly. It was a lot of, I'm going to lay this off for other people to take a shot, right? She laid one off for Haran, I I believe. She laid one off for Press, who then had it saved. So it's a a wonderful Mm -hmm. performance from McDonald, but um, it was a very team, uh, very uh, unselfish performance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe she lays one off for Carly Lloyd, who then hits the crossbar. It's like blocked and deflected off the crossbar. So yeah, I I thought it was an unselfish performance by McDonald, but also an important performance because she kind of showed what she can bring, not just with the long throws, which you and I weren't too crazy about. I never but like a long throw. I don't think it's effective unless it's Rory DeLapp doing his very specific, low, flat, unpredictable thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but just to have a quick rant mm-hmm. about this, long throws for me, it's great that they're long, but they're high, they're in the air, and they've got no spin on them. So they're quite easy to read when you're a defender mm-hmm. and head awake, and that's m- mostly what happens. Yeah, All exactly. Right. But I'll step off my soapbox. But Jess McDonald showing that she can come in, lay the ball off, hold the ball up at the top of the box. If yeah. the United States is playing against a compact opponent who maybe like you just need someone to come in and be a little bit of a difference maker yeah. she may be that player for the United States even alongside Alex Morgan if needed yeah. maybe it's like a two striker mm-hmm. system where we have McDonald holding it up yeah I would agree yeah, with that. I like yeah. that. Um, and then you have uh, like Lindsay Horan uh, makes way for Allie Long, but uh, like Horan was battling throughout this game, picked up yeah, a yellow yeah. card for her efforts. And I, I appreciate Horan think- more every time I see her. She's a, an interesting mix of strength yeah. and grace. You you will get no arguments yeah. from me because yes, like some of the moments where she like knocks a player off the ball, but then has like the most deft touch yes, to get by exactly. the next one. Yeah, it's yeah. just sort of like this, yeah, the combination of physical but then technical. Yeah. It's very fun to watch. <laughs> Kristen Press mm-hmm. could she have done better? Because I noticed that everything that Endless saved, Kristen Press went near post, mm-hmm. and it was almost like she kept thinking. All right, I've gone near post three times. She can't possibly think I'm going near post again. I'm going to double bluff yeah. and go near post. Um, I think she probably could have. Yes. It, yeah. uh, I think she, yes, the shots were pretty similar. I also think maybe there's that point when you get in your head a little bit about how, like, if I can't beat the goalkeeper with that shot, how am I going to beat the goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah. And I think Endler did that to press a little bit, that she frustrated her to the point where the shots just kind of got less and less in terms of their quality, at least. And the very yeah. last one is sort of right into the hands of Endler, who just kind of calmly oh. catches it. And I, but I think if you're press or if you're Pew, you probably know you're not actually playing for a starting place, right? right? You are not displacing Rapino mm-hmm. and Heath from the lineup. So it's not like there's pressure to score in that way, unless it's just the pressure to... Get yourself a goal at the World Cup. Yeah, which it? which it may well Press be. Didn't get one against Thailand. She right? did not. No. Yes, so she is not one of the many many goal scorers for the United States. Yeah. I think eight players right now have scored. Kristen Press is not one of them. Oh. Uh, Carly Lloyd is not a player who got a hat trick at this World Cup yeah. since she has the the penalty miss late on. And this is one that you and I at the time were very confused by. Yes, bordering on uh, disagreeing with. <laughs> uh, we should uh, have taken our own advice from last week. Just don't doubt the the officials because they know what they're doing. So once they did the mm-hmm. possible penalty check yeah. um, on VAR it is Ali Long who is held by is it uh, Hunteo mm-hmm. um, she is held initially outside of the box 
but the holding continues yep. until at least basically the line. They're yep. parallel with the line, and the line is part of the area. That's why it's a penalty kick, yep. right? I didn't realize that it isn't where the foul starts. It's sort of where it continues into. So we, we found it. Um, laws of the game. Again, download the IFAB app. Um, here's the number three, law number three, disciplinary action. If a defender starts holding an attacker outside the penalty area and continues holding inside the penalty area, the referee must award a penalty kick. There it is. So there it is, right? And if you watch it, Quinteo is trying really hard to let go as we enter the penalty area. She knows what's going on, right? Mm. She knows that if I continue holding Ali Long over this line, I'm in trouble. But she lets go too late. She's still holding it as they sort of pass the plane of the penalty line. Mm. So therefore, it's a penalty yeah. kick. And then yeah. the one other thing that our mystery official added, which I think is important to note, Ooh, is that news to me. Uh, in con- like contrasting it with maybe some of the penalty shouts that the United States had against Thailand, where the referee, I think the argument was the referee saw it and thought, no, there wasn't enough there for me to think it was a penalty, so VAR isn't going to change that. Yeah. If she saw it, then VAR doesn't have as much influence, I think. Whereas in this one, I don't think the referee sees that contact. So then she gets told afterwards, hey, there was contact, you should take a look at it. And that, I think, does increase the likelihood that she's going to go over and look at that monitor because if yeah. she didn't see it and they're saying you should see it well then she's going to want to see it yeah and it was, this was on a free kick right it was the US crossing it in think so. and that's why uh, Huenteo was holding yeah. Ali Lang alright Carly Lloyd steps up mm-hmm. for a hat trick it would have been her what second hat trick in her past three World Cup games Can't wow final. that's yeah. not bad yes but she drags it wide. She drags it yeah. wide. I actually think the analysis, was it Ali Wagner maybe? The analysis was actually really good of uh, her plant foot's too close to the ball mm-hmm. and she swivels her hips a little too much as she's going for that bottom left corner and that's why she drags it wide. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's, again, it's the kind of performance of Endler overall makes Carly Lloyd just overthink a little bit. Maybe yeah. she changes her, her mind she's last She's thinking, second. I've got to get it right in that corner mm-hmm. maybe. And so she's like, oh, yeah, like overcommits to going, yep. uh, to going wide into the corners. But Carly Lloyd still sets the World Cup record, I believe, with six straight games uh, scoring right? in a World Cup. So she she gets okay. that record, if not the hat trick. Uh, no, no Alex Morgan. Mm-mm. I mean, she couldn't add to her five goals. I Mm-mm. wonder if this might end up costing her the golden boot. I mean, we'll see. I doubt it. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, also did not play in this one, Rapino And then Tobin Heath, who, as we, uh, we talked about off air, of, of if you have the United States heading into like their final group stage game, if you knew in advance that they had a plus 16 goal difference and two wins, you would have assumed Tobin Heath was in there. Tobin Heath, not yet yeah. uh, on, on the score sheet. We'll see if that changes against She wasn't Sweden. massively influential against Thailand. She was right? not. But I think and it's I think one it was of those the games, first substitution as well. It's one of those games there where every, there's so much going on that it kind of doesn't matter that one player isn't yeah. dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm guessing that if, say, the United States makes it to the final and Tobin Heath scores there and that's her only goal of the tournament, she'll still take that. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about the um, Group F standing after we talk uh, Sweden, Thailand that later. That works for me. Still to come, we're going to talk pretty briefly, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netherlands, New Zealand. Uh, sorry, Netherlands, Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Canada, New Zealand. There we are. And Sweden, Thailand. It we actually did it. it says Netherlands, New Zealand in my notes, which are incorrect. <laughs> uh, but first, what should we do, Mr. Grove? Let's talk about ad belts. Okay. <laughs> Today's show. So you said ad belts. I was like, that's a new term. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about Grip 6 belts. Mm-hmm. Today's sponsors. Grip 6 is a different kind of belt, right? No loops, no, no none of those holes, none mm-hmm. of those uh, floppy buckles. I could. Wow. That's. <laughs> You are in the belt designing industry, right? <laughs> I can tell by your terminology. Uh, I could not find my Grip 6 belt for a couple days. Uh-oh. It was terrible. It was rough, Daryl. I did not enjoy this time. Where did, where, where did it go? Uh, it was I, when I left here to go play in, our, in uh, the indoor game on Wednesday night. Yeah. I like changed pants rapidly in the car. Yeah. Uh, so then it was still in the pants that I'd worn that were still left in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the problem. If you leave it attached to your pants, uh-huh. that's when they can go wandering. Right? Yes, which is... Especially the sort of nomadic lifestyle that we lead going between soccer matches in the studio and everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Much. That's my existence. But it was this sort of like looking at all my other belts and being like, you're not the belt I want. You'll, <laughs> how, how dare you hang where he, where he hung? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's all these pokey bits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was happy to recover it. Um, but if uh, our listeners haven't yet uh, experienced the beauty of a Grip 6 belt or need to replace one, which they can do uh, because they're guaranteed, yeah. uh, what is the beauty of Grip 6, Daryl? Well, actually, one of the beauties of Grip 6 mm-hmm. is, I don't think this is what you were driving at, but they now have uh, the Flag Series. All right. So if you are inspired by the U.S. women's, what what did we say goal difference so far? 16? I believe. Plus 16 goal difference. Yeah, 13 and then three, yeah. two games and hopefully plenty more to come. Mm-hmm. You can click on the Grip 6 website. You can go to the Flag Series um, site and it's literally uh, buckles with the American flag on it. There you go. And maybe, maybe you were waiting just in case the United States didn't make it through. You wanted to hold off getting your American flag uh, <laughs> 
memorabilia to support yeah. the women's national team. Now you can do so. And so say you're going to go and watch them play if you're going to go to like an all-day event uh, in preparation for the knockout rounds. You want a belt that's going to do its job all day. It's not going to get loose. It's not going to come off or cause problems. Grip 6 belt holds tight all day. It really does, right? Mm-hmm. Once, you, once you slide it through, yep. snap it in place, it's not moving. It's not it's moving. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> It's not. Your pants are staying up. It does learn this the other night as well. Uh, it does when you like undo it because it's just like the like the strap sliding through the little like opening that yeah. holds tight. It does make a weird noise in every single time. People like look at me like, what is happening? Yeah. Yes, yes. You have the weirdest zipper I've ever heard. <laughs> to which I respond, that's no zipper, my friend. That didn't happen. <laughs> there's no there's no conversations in the bathroom. I wish it did. That should be the televised Grip 6 ad. That's no zipper, my friend. It's my Grip 6 belt. There's no conversation in the bathroom. It's just staring straight ahead, making no eye contact with anyone. If you would like a discount mm-hmm. on a Grip6 belt, there is a special TSS landing page. What is it? It is grip6.com slash TSS. And that gives you just the regular price? That gives you between 20 and 30-something percent off. There we are. Uh, depending on how many you buy. <laughs> at least 20% off at Grip6, G-R-I-P, the number mm-hmm. six, dot com slash TSS. And it even says, I think it says when you land there, hello, Total Sock Show listeners. There we are. So thank you to Grip6. Welcome to your discount page. For that very nice discount page and also for sponsoring today's episode. One game down, three to go. Let's talk. Do you remember who it is? Um, Chronologically, this morning, Uh at first, it was Netherlands Cameroon. I was just hoping you had changed it in the document. Saturday morning. This is Saturday's game, right? Mm Because we we took a day off Saturday. We did. Uh, We did go to the kickers game, so we ended up consuming soccer anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's worth noting that the results of these three games all kind of the way went the way we thought they would. So I think think we didn't miss too much with a day off. Here's what what I – because I watched Netherlands Cameroon live because I'm kind of excited for the Netherlands. Cameroon were much more – open than New Zealand, mm-hmm. right? They sort of spread their players out a little more and it gave uh, the Netherlands space to, to play into. So it's to Cameroon's credit because mm-hmm. it made the game nice and open and I think Cameroon just backed themselves because Cameroon have their own wingers, one of one of whom scored, right? Who are plenty dangerous. So I think they really thought, I, let's I, give it some. I get what you mean, but for a minute, I, I, th- I was very confused by that phrasing and I was like, do other national teams not have their own wingers? Are they I mean, borrowing wingers from other people? Not as dangerous as, for example, Anguene, who, yes. um, who scores the Cameroon equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you watch this game live. My yeah. question for you is, with Cameroon being more open, like once you saw that, did you expect it to be more lopsided? Because it does feel like this Dutch team is a team that we're very excited about, has a lot of people thinking maybe they can make a deep run. So playing against an open defense, it feels like it should have been a higher scoreline. I mean, no, I knew that it would favor the Netherlands because mm-hmm. they would eventually exploit the space they were given. Yep. But I've also like seen enough of Cameroon and got enough faith in Cameroon that I'd never thought it would be sort of, sort of a blowout, mm-hmm. right? Because even this, the I think the third goal is quite, quite late. Yeah, 85th mm-hmm. minute is when Netherlands make it 3-1. So it was close for a long time, yeah. right? And it was level for a long time as well because as soon as Netherlands score, Cameroon equalized very soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a close game. Uh, but Netherlands came ahead and honestly, they just have better... Better finishing quality. Right? We certainly, yeah. One of the problems with Cameroon is uh, the striker, whose name I, I always struggle to remember. She's the number 17. Who did Nga- really well. And Ganamuit? Yes, did probably really well at the last French Yeah. Um, and then had ACL injuries mm. and now just isn't. Just, just doesn't quite have the same impact. I'm going to say Nganamui until I hear differently. Okay, that seems mm. fair. That yeah. seems fair. Um, but I, I also. I'm thinking, having like rewatched the game, rewatched bits and pieces of the game as well, like that. It's also Cameroon, especially the way Cameroon score their goal, maybe makes the Dutch think, like, oh, we shouldn't maybe get too stretched out. We shouldn't go too much for this game because Cameroon can play technical soccer and can find their way through, can also play relative smash-and-grab soccer and then just have a very pretty goal. Do you want to quickly talk about the goals? Sure. Okay, so the first goal... it's, all, it's not her goal, but Shanice van der Sanden, mm-hmm. who struggled to make an impact against New Zealand because they sort of double-marked her mm-hmm. and didn't give, give her any room. Cameroon gave her a little bit of room. Yep. Right? So there's a, a big diagonal ball from, uh, is it? Um, Spitzer, who? I believe. Spitzer, yeah. Spitzer had just given the ball away, then luckily got it back. Then she hits this beautiful diagonal ball out to van der Sanden. Quick one-two with Gronen and van der Sanden's to the end line. Um, so she can put in a cross. And it's kind of the type of goal I absolutely expected the Netherlands to be scoring at this tournament. Van der Sanden down yep. the right, cross comes in. Miedemar meets it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, yeah, no disagreement there because, like, the big switch from Switzer, like, it, it opens up Cameroon a little bit. So, But then there's the panic of, like, oh, no, wait, Shanice van der Sanden's on the ball. Yeah. Then there's the one-two. That opens them up a bit more. Now she's got herself even to a better spot. And I think because of all of that, because of that quick 
Democratic movement, the Cameroonian defense not necessarily as locked in on Miedema as they may have been otherwise, yeah. which is why she's able to, with relative ease, get goal side, finish easily. She gets away from Manier, who's yeah. the sort of um, older Cameroonian centre-back that Cameroon fans had been worried. Maybe she's just a step slower than she used to be in her prime. And I think... If you're going to look slow against the movement of anyone, it's going to be Miedemar because she, she is a fox in the box. Yes. Sly, I, I think. I, I don't disagree with anything you said, and yet I'm also not sure that's the reason why this goal happens. I don't think that uh, Manier actually even reacts to it at all. I think she looks and sees <laughs> Miedemar and is like, okay, I've got her. And then that's really the last time she looks at her until suddenly Miedemar stepped across and is finishing easily. I mean, maybe she just stepped now. That could be. She was that late. <laughs> Cameroon equalized very quickly. They though, do. Is the story of this game. I actually don't know how many minutes, but it's two minutes. Two minutes. Cameroon equalized. It is. The player I really like, uh, Fugio, mm-hmm. uh, the central midfielder, plays a beautiful ball over the top of Netherlands' two centre-backs. And Nguene runs onto mm-hmm. it, gets a header as it bounces, right? Sort of over yep. the keeper. And then... Meets her, chases her own header down and mm-hmm. finishes. Yes. Great, great stuff. And it's the kind of backspin on the ball that I think makes it sit up, which is why uh, Van Vendenal, uh, the goalkeeper, yes, uh, isn't able to get to it because I think she thinks, oh, it's just going to be kind of be a normal ball. It's going to bounce. It's going to pop right up. I'm oh, going to catch it easily. Because without backspin, it would bounce through to her. Yeah. yeah. It's, and instead, it kind of sits up a bit more. And so I think she then has to adjust but isn't able to make as much of a play on it. I also want to take a moment to spotlight, is it a bomb who brings this ball down? No, it's Ngo. Ngo, that's right. Oh, yes. no, Obama is responsible for other goals yeah. later on. No. So Ngo's touch is yeah. absolutely perfect mm-hmm. to set up Fugio. It's so good. Obama's touch is horrible later yeah. on. But this is, but <laughs> they this both is what have, I mean. Um, uh, bleach blonde hair. Thank that's, you. That's why you've got them confused. Uh, well, also, I think I really was. I knew Ngo, uh, I knew Obama was involved in one of the two goals, and I forgot to write down uh, her name, so I couldn't <laughs> yeah. remember. She's involved in the good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but this is what I meant when I said that Cameroon, I think, maybe, oh, the made, Sorry. maybe Sorry. made the Dutch a little bit nervous with their ability to, like, because it's a long ball out of the back that's settled by uh, Ngo, yeah. and then it's another long ball in behind the Dutch defense, and so it's like a couple quick like movements, and suddenly the ball's in the back of the net. So if you're the Dutch, maybe you stop committing so far forward for yeah, fear that that could happen Yeah, it just raised questions about the Dutch defense yep. when they face like maybe a team with even more attacking power than yeah. Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Right? Can we talk about the uh, the goal that puts yes. Netherlands ahead though? <laughs> yes. Just the start of the first half. It's master set piece theater. I think it is. Even though it doesn't go off quite the way it's intended, I still think it counts because it almost does. And it's also a very well-drawn-up play. So here's what happens. Mm-hmm. So uh, Danielle van der Donk, who's one of my favorite players, the number 10 for the Netherlands. I, just I feel like you enjoy saying that name. I mean, also, but I enjoy watching her play. Do you enjoy it more great. or less than Taka Fusakubo? Oh, maybe the same. Danielle van der Donk? Maybe the same. Van der Donk is pretty fun. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so she wins a free kick. Um, it's sort of out on the right, reasonably far from goal, but in, like within crossing distance, yeah. right? So standing over the ball are van der Dunk's two other midfielders, Spitzer um, and... Uh, Groningen? Gronen, yeah. Uh, Gronen, yeah. Uh, Gronen. So they're both standing over it. Um, here's what happens, though. Because I think they're doing that thing of like, is it coming in this mm-hmm. way or that way? So we're, we're going to fake you out. But instead of one of them taking it and crossing it in, Gronen just makes a, a, a sprint down the right wing and Spitzer plays it to yep. her, right? And Cameroon have no one marking Gronen because there's no one to go out there and catch her. Like the, the, you, there were two people in the wall, right? Mm. Um, and they look across. Um, I felt like maybe one of them should have gone with her, but you think they've been told to stay there. I mean, they're in a wall. Yeah, so you can't move because then you, expo- you exactly. expose the goalkeeper, right? Yeah. But even in hindsight, do you not think someone, someone should have gone with them? No, that's, that's, that's unfair. You can't be like, knowing that they <laughs> score now, should they have stepped across to stop the You can't minority report this. No, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think they've been set up in a wall. If they left... To go mark that player, and then the shot came in where they'd been standing. We'd be saying yeah. the same thing about like, oh, you can't leave the wall to go mark a player. So uh-huh. no, I think that they did the right thing. I just think that someone, maybe the players in the wall, maybe the goalkeeper, maybe the captain or the defensive organizer, should have been aware of the possibility of an overload on that yeah. side. Oh, and I actually think I got this wrong around. It's actually Spitzer that runs down the right, and Gronen mm-hmm. very smartly just quickly plays the ball down the line to her, yeah. um, and then Spitzer just is in the area with all kinds of room to cross. Right, mm-hmm. she fires it in low. Dominique Bloodworth, the centre-back, really should have scored this first time. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's just a little bit late. That's all. Yeah. She just can't, quite, can't so, quite get, like, a touch to it. It's a swing and a miss, isn't it? Is it? I don't think she swings. I think she's reaching for it and just doesn't get to oh, it Oh, okay. Time. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, she doesn't touch it. Yeah. But then, luckily, it comes back to her from Abam, mm-hmm. as we were talking about. I think Abam goes to clear with one leg. But it just bounces off the other leg and back into the path of exactly. Goodworth directly in front of goal. She's, she's facing the ball as it comes in. But I think because no one gets a touch to it, including her goalkeeper, who's at full stretch and isn't able to make a save, so then it falls through. And I think that's where Abam 
I'm going to assume is very left-footed, and so she's trying to like basically sweep the ball across and get clear with the instep of her left foot, and instead it hits her right shin and goes <gasps> right back. It's super unlucky, right? Yes. Because she's like off balance because of what had just mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Oh, so Bloodworth finishes yep. at second attempt. 2-1 to the Dutch. They make it 3-1 in the 85th. Uh, Berenstein, who had mm-hmm. come on in the last game and really made it, but she gets the assist, right, yep. um, against New Zealand. Um, Berenstein has this beautiful moment where she just sort of holds the ball up and manipulates a bit of space and then plays Miedema through. Yep. It's a really nice bit of football. She holds the defenders in and then plays the ball into space. Miedema there. Miedema hits the ball very, very hard. And yeah. I think also catches uh, Ngo, the goalkeeper, sleeping a little bit yeah. or, or just kind of cheating a little bit, I should say, because she, I think, given the way Miedema's approaching and the way the defenders are setting up, it's fair to assume, oh, she's going to try to bend this in far post. Yeah, because she's driving yeah. as if she's going to bend it far post, but then she goes, bangs it near post, yes. right? Yeah. And she bangs it near post as and goes just sort of like hopping to her left just to kill that far post angle a little bit more Then the shot goes near post. So I think that's partially why that goal is so open, yeah. but also it's because it's so well struck. It is beautifully struck. Mm-hmm. I really think Miedemar is going to be one of those players that comes out of this tournament with a massive, massive reputation. Yeah. But not for exuberant celebrations. Oh, Remember no. I've mentioned in the preview that I'll be interested to see how she celebrates because normally yeah. it's just a slow jog mm-hmm. and some sort of nod of acknowledgement. She seems pretty calm. She does a very slow somersault, yes. right? It's very slow. Not It's not going to get any points Mm-mm. for in gymnastics. Right? No, it's no, almost it's, a sarcastic somersault. Uh, the the video <laughs> that I watched showing how to do a somersault so we could be sure that it was in fact a somersault because yeah. I always get somersault and cartwheel confused yeah. when it comes to the terminology. We call it a gamble in England or it's, a forward roll. A ga- you, you people. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 I guess well executed. My guess is going to be more so that it's probably an an inside joke about how everybody else has acrobatic celebrations yeah, yeah, and yeah. she does not. <laughs> or maybe she was mocking Robbie King. I, I or I hope that's it too. <laughs> I hope that's it. So there you go. It finishes Netherlands three, mm-hmm. Cameroon one. Yep. Um, that's two wins in a row for the Netherlands. The Dutch are through. Oh, in that same group. To the next round, not through as an out. In that same group mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. Canada played New Zealand. Yes. So this was um, interesting stuff from Canada because they went with wingbacks this mm-hmm. time. They basically had wingbacks last time because yep. the fullbacks got so high. But they made it official this time with a back three. They made it official. <laughs> a back three and some wingbacks. And, and again, this game went more or less the way I thought it would, which is New Zealand going to be difficult to break down, yeah. very defensively frustrating, mm-hmm. looking to counterattack when the situation is on, when it's not, sit back and again frustrate. And so it's no surprise to me that it's only after half time when Canada make a few little adjustments at the half that's when I think they're able to get the goal or or maybe even more so it's just they get like sort of the rhythm of the game down and then you can just tinker a few little things and say like okay instead of being two yards wide be three yards wide and you'll pull that player (laughs) that much further forward so this first goal from Fleming Mm -hmm. Jesse Fleming who's uh, again potentially one of the stars of the tournament right it's all about a quick break down the wing Mm -hmm. but um you notice this when when we saw it it's about Christine Sinclair yep. not being the farthest player forward, yep. maybe because she doesn't have the pace to get I think that's home, what it is. But coming deep yep. and getting involved in some hold-up play. Yeah. Not really deep, right? This is in her own half. She's yeah. with her defenders, essentially. It, she is. And then it's, uh, who's the eventual goal scorer? Um, uh, uh, Prince. Prince scores. Yeah, it's, no, it's, Fleming. Sorry, Fleming, Fleming does, but Prince is the one who's the furthest forward, and she's yeah. right at midfield. And yes, Sinclair has dropped in. And I think this is maybe the rotation that was missing a little bit for Canada in their yeah. first game. That you, yeah, you put the wheels up top. Yeah, you have yeah. Christine Sinclair, who can do the hold up play, who can be like, you know, the, the big physically if you need her to be, but can also be very technical and quick uh, on the ball if need be. She drops in and links up play a little bit. But I think that also, if Christine Sinclair, who's usually kind of the number nine for New, Ze- like for New Zealand defense, Defensively, if she starts dropping in, maybe there's just an inclination of, oh, we can send somebody forward because their forward has gone all the way in. Yeah. And that, again, leaves you slightly more vulnerable to a pacey counterattack, which is exactly what Prince provides. She does, right? She is sort of hanging, ready to go. So Sinclair holds it up, yep. lays it off. And eventually, I think there's a couple of passes, but it gets to Becky, yep. who's the uh, the left wing back. Becky plays this beautiful like looping mm-hmm. ball down the wing for Prince to be in behind the New Zealand defense, yes. right? And Prince is going. New Zealand defenders are dragged over to her. Jesse Fleming goes from central midfield, and because uh, New Zealand is so stretched out, no one ever catches up to Jesse Fleming. She is open the whole time she is. that Prince is dribbling down the wing. Right? Yes, the only one who maybe could have done something uh, is Riley. The uh, left back? Yeah. Yes, for New Zealand, also the captain. But I think she is so worried about the advancing run of uh, Riviere. Yeah, the right wing back. So again, this is Canada really using their wing backs. Yes, yeah. so essentially then Riley kind of stays too far out wide and isn't able to make a play on Jesse Fleming until 
Basically, Fleming shoots the ball is when Riley's coming to close yeah. her down. But obviously, that's going to be too late. So perfect go back from Prince. Perfect finish from Fleming, right? She uh-huh. just sort of redirects it. Like, is it just the pretty simple side foot yep. strike into the uh, into the far corner? I believe so. Well done, Jesse Fleming. And well done, Jesse Fleming, mm-hmm. on the next goal. Yep. So it's scored by Prince. Um, Christine Sinclair heads it against the post. Mm-hmm. Really unlucky she's not able to quite get that goal to try. and She's trying to catch Abby Wambach, right, in terms of number of <laughs> yes. goals. Good. Um, but Prince gets the rebound. Sinclair, you noticed, mm-hmm. celebrates hard, right? Yes. She celebrates as if she scored it herself, yeah. which makes me like her a lot. And I think, uh, I forget who the commentary team was, but the color commentator pointed out that, like, Sinclair definitely wanted to score that, but then happily celebrates yeah. and is very, very enthusiastic about it. So the player that doesn't do so oh, well. Oh, sorry. I think because the commentator was trying to build this narrative of like, oh, Sinclair like could have done it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, she doesn't care. That's <laughs> pretty much how it went down. <laughs> I like the commentator. I imagine the commentator just throwing their notes away. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. That's how it went. Um, this whole thing starts with um, a cross into the box yep. and Green, the New Zealand defender who'd come out. I think mm-hmm. she'd come on to play left back so Riley could go to left mid. Yeah. Um, it's not a great defensive header, right? She no, heads it straight to... Jesse Fleming. Fleming. Which is not who you want to head it to. Jesse Fleming open at the top of the box. Yeah. That wouldn't be my choice of defensive header. Uh, no, but it's also there. Yeah, <laughs> this is also where I think Green tries to make up for the bad header because then she goes to double-team Jesse Fleming but yeah. basically vacates the space that yep. allows for the overlapping run. From Lawrence. There yeah. it is, that allows for the ball in. So it's Jesse Fleming sort of having the calmness to settle the ball but then waits and I think recognizes, oh, I'm about to ha- have a like a, a two marks which leaves space. So she pulls the other, she pulls the defender in, it's pulls Green right. in. She knows she's coming. She knows what it means. Yep. It means there's extra space for Lawrence. So mm-hmm. she knows to play to Lawrence once Green has come. Yep. Yeah. So Lawrence crosses, Sinclair hits the post, Prince finishes it 2-0 to Canada. Canada booked their passage to the next round as they well. They did. Do you want to quickly talk about what that group looks like? Sure. Okay. It's going to take me a second to pull it up. Please. But I'm, but I'm doing it. I promise. I'm I believe you it. are. So, yeah, right, it right now, now. Uh, with, all games, with all the games played, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams have, all right. have secured their spots in the knockout round. And two of those have got to be, looking at this table, Netherlands and Canada. You're correct. Because they both have six points. Netherlands are top with mm-hmm. um, same goal difference, three, but more goals scored, four, than Canada. Ooh. And those two will play each other in the final game. So, Double, what, so if it's a draw, Netherlands finish top. If mm-hmm. Canada win, then then they can they can go for it. Cameroon and New Zealand both on zero points. Yes. So can any of them get third place, or are you going to need at least four points to get third place? You won't Usually need, you do, right? You won't need at least four points, but I think the teams that already do, like Japan, that's why Japan have gotten to the next round, because they have yeah. are, already have that amount that... No matter what, they'll be like one yeah. of the best third place. They either be second or yeah. one of the best third place. Teams, now, New Zealand, I guess, or I guess yeah, New Zealand or Cameroon, I think could still go through with a win, a fairly not even necessarily an emphatic win. Three points might do it because I think right now the fourth best fourth place team is Argentina, who have one point. Fourth best third place team. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, Cameroon, New Zealand are also both starting from a negative three goal difference. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, we'll see how um, it goes. So that's that's what Group E looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, Sweden played Thailand. I mean, our time this morning. Yeah, uh, Sweden played Thailand to wrap up Group F. There was always a danger that Sweden would put 13 past Thailand yeah. and be matching the US. They did not. They it did finished not. Sweden five, Thailand one. Yes, and I really like. We'll break down more than just one goal, but I will say that the first goal was Not all enough. six there, right? No. No one wants to hear that, I don't Mm-mm. think. But the first goal was enough for me to be like, yeah, it's going to be more of the same because it's the goal's in the sixth minute. In the fifth minute, uh, Fancha, the right back for Thailand, oh, gets yeah. the ball. Has, if, if you're Fancha or a member of a family or a friend, you don't want to hear this next You time. don't. Because uh, she gets the <laughs> ball. She holds onto it too long. She comes under pressure. She tries to just pass the ball clear. It basically gets a little bit of a, like a, a tip to it, so then it's intercepted. Then Fancha sprints out wide and aggressively fouls Lena Hertig. Like it's to the extent that she is like apologizing to the referee, like, please don't book me. I know that was really, really bad. So yeah. gets the ball, slow on the ball, bad giveaway, bad foul. Then she goes. To, then she goes to Mark Sembrandt, and then I say she's in the spot to Mark Sembrandt. She is directionally facing Sembrandt, but then Sembrandt basically just runs by her and heads the ball into the net off the free kick. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's four mistakes I mean, from Fancha. This is what Thailand are up yes, against. Right? Exactly. They're just not of the same quality no. uh, as these as these bigger teams. Mm-mm. It's a great ball in from Rubinson. It's a great finish from Sembrandt. But when you have no one obstructing your path or putting you under pressure or even tracking your run, yeah. it's going to be slightly easier to finish. So I don't think it's worth really breaking down all the goals. But I think it's worth saying Kasavari Aslani, mm-hmm. her goal, the second goal, yeah. is after a save from the Thai keeper. She has, what, four or five touches yeah. on the end line and manages to bring it back to an angle where she can shoot 
and fool a player with a nice cut yeah. and then fool the goalkeeper by going back the other way. It's a re- if, you get to, if you have to see anything from this, I would watch Aslani's goal because it's a really nice bit of skill on the end line. I would agree with that. I, I would say Rolfo's uh, screamer, uh, oh, Fidelita yeah, yeah. Rodolfo, or Rolfo screamer. That one's pretty fun to watch. That ball th- made noise, right? It went... Yeah, <laughs> it did. It, did. it <laughs> actually screamed. Uh, I, but I would say I, I did, af- genuinely after that first goal, I was sort of like, okay, so Sweden are going to win this. That yeah, much is clear. Yeah, yeah. Then I started watching more so for the United States. They left to play Sweden. What should the United States be aware of? What should they be concerned about or be maybe looking to exploit? And one of those things, to your point about Aslani's goal, is it's, what, five touches in a very tight space that completely throws off multiple players. Yeah. And if you're the U.S. defense who have not come under that much pressure, it's maybe a good reminder of if she's in or around the box, don't go diving in because she's got the tight control to get away from you pretty quickly. So don't bite on Aslani's, exactly. uh, Aslani's moves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would the say... Swedish Tobin Heath? Yeah, that's fair. We haven't seen quite enough of it. Really I would say, say the Swedish that, right? Rose Lavelle because she's a bit more of like the number ten creator, okay, which I yeah, think yeah. is what Lavelle's supposed to be. All also, right. any any moment to praise Rose Lavelle, who didn't get to play in this in the US's game either, yeah. I will take. <laughs> um, but I'll also say she's the still average in a goal a game. She is. She's that good. With <laughs> she doesn't even need to play. She still averages a goal a game. Um, I would say the U.S. should be aware of Aslani, but they should also maybe be aware in a positive way or in a possibly advantageous way about the lack of speed from Sweden's back line. Yes, because Thailand score. They score. Thailand score in the 91st minute. This is worth highlighting, right? Mm -hmm. They celebrated hard. Because it's a huge achievement to score at the World Cup. It right? is. I know they've won a game in the past, right? But yes, they at have. this World Cup, at least, after losing 13 0, mm-hmm. it's good to get on the score sheet. Yes. But it's, it's very interesting to me that basically it's just the lack of pace from Sembrandt and Fisher that causes it. Two centre backs. Yeah, right? because it's, yeah. it's Thailand just on a, on a quick uh, counter attack. It's like long ball, long ball in behind. Uh, Sungwin is able to basically just outrun the two centre backs and has a really good finish. But it still shows you the lack of pace of that Swedish back line that if they're pressing forward, if they're trying to chase the game, if the United States are up 1-0 and Sweden yeah. just cheat a little bit, maybe that's where Mallory Pugh comes in and destroys the back line with, with speed. So definitely Sembrandt was slow because mm-hmm. she could not uh, could not catch yeah. Sungwin. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, was was Fisher slow as well? Fisher was, I think... Because uh, you shouldn't cover the middle, right? Yes, I believe, I believe there's that. And then I think there's also... Yes, Fisher was slow... To like get across, and then I think uh, Lindahl is also trying to cover as well. She also doesn't really make much of a play, but it's still that they're not able to cut the angle down or catch up to uh, Sungwin, who's able to score. And is it um, the the player that plays the ball down the line? Mm-hmm. to Because Sungwin essentially looks like she's going to cross it, but instead yeah. she smashes it near post. Yeah. And the Swedish keeper um, Lindahl does not do well. See, that's right? what I was talking about. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. L- Lindahl, it, her angle is very very strange. Oh, you meant Fisher when you said she. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lindahl is like like. I don't really know what she's doing because I think she's expecting the the, the cutback as well. Yeah, maybe just, it surprises her. I guess she, uh, yeah, when so Sungwin smashes it in her post. Maybe she's yeah. just cheating a little bit, but even then, she still doesn't really do much to get a hand yeah. on it. It's almost just like, oh well, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't she's really matter. Frozen and also, we're going to score one more. So even though it's four <laughs> to one now, it's going to be five to one soon. Am I right in thinking the ball down the line to Sungwin was from I've forgotten her name, but the the Thai player who's like the best player. Oh, it's not, it's not the Thai player mm-hmm. who's American. Who's I thought it was. That's why you thought that, is because okay. I thought that too. Oh, well, I no. was misled. You were, you were definitely misled. <laughs> uh, yes, I apologize profusely for my mistakes. <laughs> and the player who did play the ball? Uh, Dangda. Dangda, okay. Mm-hmm. Just to give it the credit, because it was a yep. really good ball, right? It was exactly the right ball. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that finished, that finished uh, Sweden 5, Thailand 1, which means Group F, of which the US is mm-hmm. a part, a major part, looks like this. United States top, six points, plus 16 goal difference Sweden in second six points plus six goal difference Um, Chile in third with negative five and zero points and Thailand bottom with negative 17 and zero points so we assume we know United States and Sweden both through yeah and they play each other in the final match day of the group stage they do so Um, a draw for the US is good enough right Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Doing the math, yes. <laughs> uh, I was also thinking you have Chile, uh, Thailand on the final day. I guess so they both theoretically could get through, but it seems very seems unlikely. unlikely given yes. their goal difference, mm-hmm. right? Um, I want to just talk about what's going to happen next. Sure. So we're entering the final round of group stage games. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the simultaneous kickoffs, right? Seasoned World Cup watchers will, know, will know about these. <laughs> yes. So uh, the, two, the four teams in groups will play each other. Um, at the same time so that no other team has an advantage. Right. So as an example, on Monday at noon Eastern, you've got China versus Spain, Group B, 
and South Africa versus Germany. Simultaneous kickoff at noon. Uh, then at three o'clock in Group A, you've got Nigeria, France, and you've got South Korea, Norway mm-hmm. kicking off at the same time. Yes, we've gone through and looked at all of all of the remaining games. There's not. A lot of drama. It's a lot of There's who not, goes right? through first versus second. Yeah, but which those, is important-ish. Yes, yeah, it, it's enough to be true. fighting for. I think. Yes, yeah. yes. So we're going to be doing reviews of all of these games. We're going to maybe have like we're not sure which ones we're going to favor, but we'll try to have like one on the big screen, one on the little screen. Yeah, yeah. is that about our plan? Big and, big and little yep. is how it will go. Now that we know how to log into Fox Sports, yay! Right? <laughs> we figured it out. We figured it out. Um, also, um, the the Gold Cup has begun. Oh, yeah. So Canada beat Martinique. And Cove America. I, um, oh, I watched a bit of uh-huh. Mexico-Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexico won big. I can't remember if it was six or seven. But I watched Raul Jimenez score a cup, and I was like, all right, this is good. Feel better? Yeah, then I, then I fell asleep. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but the Gold Cup is underway. The United States men's mm-hmm. national team plays on Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, against Guyana yeah. in their first group stage game. We will have a preview of, um, of the U.S. v. Guyana game on Monday's Total Soccer Show. It may be a separate show, right? We may do yeah. separate or we may combine. Depends how much action there is um, in groups A and B, right, in the Women's World Cup. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm just chuckling because, like, we know Tyler Adams is out. We now know Dwayne Holmes is going to be we'll out. We'll talk about that tomorrow, yeah, yeah. Dwayne Holmes. I just, and I know this isn't the case, but I do love the idea of U.S. soccer somehow being involved in scheduling and be like, look, no one's going to want to watch this. Just put it at 10 p.m. Make it that much more difficult for people to really stay awake for it on a work night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be fun. Let's just lose our East Coast audience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm going into this with positivity. But West Coast is happy. I'm West Coast with, finally gets to be happy. I'm going into this with positivity tomorrow. All right. It's the U.S. in a tournament. It's best tournament. Uh-huh. Pulisic and McKennie are playing. Yeah. They survived the, the weird Gold Cup injury play. Uh-huh. <laughs> so get ready for tomorrow. We're also going to be appearing on Extra Time Radio. It'll be, it'll be our debut appearance on Extra Time Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promoted their guest this week, and it was Greg Berhalter, Tim Howard, and the Total Soccer Show. I mean, I don't we're know why three. we're third, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Just saying. <laughs> so look out for that. Monday's Extra Time Radio, ETR, will be on there. And then our own Total Soccer Show previewing the U.S. versus Guyana. I mean, Greg Berhalter doesn't even have a podcast. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Like, and he come does on. have the time. Right? I mean, yeah. Maybe he does a podcast that he sends out to all the, the U.S. squad. I would believe that. It's called, it's called <laughs> Principles of Play yes. with Greg Berhalter. <laughs> and they all, based on recent performances, do not listen. <laughs> Harsh. All right, we'll get into all that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rockwell, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Right back at you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening. We love that you listen, and we will talk to you again at least twice, maybe three times tomorrow. Tomorrow.